you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, Peace family, Peace fans. My name is Jeremiah Wilson, Cormore, linebacker with your Cleveland Browns, and this is the NFL Report. Welcome into a playoff edition of the NFL Report. JOK's in the postseason. Steve Weiss, James Palmer. But for some reason, Steve, we're not talking about these games a whole lot because there's a boatload of news in the NFL with all of these coaches that we've seen in their spots forever no longer coaching the respective teams. We'll get to Bill Belichick. We'll get to Pete Carroll. We'll also have three monster guests on this show. Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is brilliant on this show. He is a head coaching candidate already after one year being an offensive coordinator. We also have Debo Samuel, who's going to be on the couch this week, just like all of us watching Super Wild Card Weekend, because he has a bye in the first round. And then we also have Andre Reid, the Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, one of the best to ever do it. What does he think about Josh Allen in the postseason? This show is loaded, Steve. JP, we are so so stacked with this show. And like you said, we'd love to talk a lot of wild card football, but the big news, the big news is the GOAT in New England, Bill Belichick and the Patriots have officially parted ways. Uh, Robert and I, after a you know series of discussions, have uh, mutually uh, agreed to um, part ways. And, uh, for me, this is a day of, um, you know, gratitude and celebration. Um, start with Robert and his family. Um, it's great. So much thanks for the opportunity to, to be that coach here for 24 years. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, received tremendous support. Uh, we had a vision of, you know, building a winner, building a championship football team here. And, uh, that's exceeded, exceeded my, my wildest dreams um, and expectations. Uh, the amount of success that we were able to achieve together. I'll always be a patriot. I look forward to coming back here. Uh, but at this time, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to move on. And um, I look forward and excited for the future. It was former Patriots head coach Bill Belichick at the news conference announcing that he is no longer with the Patriots. And, JP, as we found out later from owner Robert Kraft, he is not asking for any type of trade compensation from any team that wants to hire Bill Belichick. He is a free agent, just like Tom Brady was. Go ahead. Go about your way. Thanks for all of the great things that you've done. And first off, you know, this was handled with dignity and, and just the perfect tone, as we expected. And Robert Kraft made everyone know that this was an amicable decision, that there's no hostility there. So, JP, let's, let's push things forward. First off, with Bill Belichick. I mean, you think with all of his accomplishments, he'd be at the front of the line for every team, but we know that's not necessarily the case. Ben Johnson, the OC for the Lions, you talk to people, is the number one hot coaching candidate. But some of the teams, JP, that we're hearing that may pursue Bill Belichick, the Carolina Panthers may take a swing. The Dallas Cowboys are out there, the Chargers, but the one team universally when you talk to people is the Atlanta Falcons, James. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people you've heard it from, Steve. I've probably heard it from, I don't know, a half a dozen around the league that this is one that the Falcons have been doing their work for a few weeks on Bill Belichick. Now, what we're all curious about, Steve, is what type of group, wherever he goes, is Bill Belichick going to bring with him? Now, I will say this, at 72 years old, Recently had a production meeting with him when Rich Eyes and Kurt Warner and I were calling the game on Christmas Eve between the Patriots and the Broncos. I'll tell you this. This is a guy that still has an unbelievable passion for coaching. Kurt Warner asked him in the production meeting, Steve, what do you still love about coaching? He said everything. From the day-to-day film work, from the scheming, from every aspect of it, he is still dialed in like you wouldn't believe. And you saw that from the players, the way they played for him in New England. So where does he take that? Who does he take it with? When you look at Atlanta... That's probably the spot right now, if you looked at it, he needs what to get the all-time record? 15 wins, if you include the postseason. 
That's probably the spot where he can get those 15 wins the soonest with the roster that's in place, a defense that was very good this past season. There's an offense that's almost kind of put together the way Bill Belichick was trying to put together an offense in New England the last couple of years, Steve. They're physical. They run the ball. They have a decent offensive line. They just don't have a quarterback. Now, they have the eighth pick. They have cap space. What's your thought on who comes with him? That's the conversation that I think we need to be having. Is it Josh McDaniels? Is it, you know, Matt Patricia? Who that he's used to being around, does he have to talk to Arthur Blank and say, I'm coming, but I'm also coming with these guys as well? Is that a potential issue? Look, if Arthur Blank is going to take the swing for Bill Belichick, he's going to let him bring whoever he wants. Now, who wants to stay in New England? Okay. You know, we, we know that Mike Vrabel could, you know, the Tennessee Titans coach who was let go could be, you know, could go to New England. Gerard Mayo, who's there, maybe he keeps some people. But Josh McDaniels very much is in play here to be, you know, the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator or some type of assistant. I have heard that from several people. Matt Patricia, we'll see. You would expect that he would bring his sons, uh, including Stephen, who was a defensive coordinator of sorts up in New England, but then also bring in some other people. And let's not forget, Terry Fontenot, the Falcons general manager, is still employed, but yeah. he's somebody who could be pushed out of the door if Belichick does come in or put in some other type of role in the front office where his power is marginalized. But, again, you mentioned it, James. The roster is built just like how Bill Belichick wants it. And what's interesting today is the Falcons on their social media website also showed the construction of their already fantastic facility of a brand-new weight room, brand-new cafeteria, and all these other amenities that they're adding, again, to one of the best facilities in the NFL. Well, JP, Bill Belichick, He's going to continue coaching, but another one of the great coaches in the NFL, he's done. And that is Pete Carroll in Seattle, and he is going upstairs. Let's hear from Pete. This isn't about me being the head coach. That is, it's about this organization being successful and being uh, on course for the long haul of it as well. And I realize that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm about as old as you can get in this business. And there's, there's coming a time they got to make some decisions. And so um, moving towards the future, um, if, if there's some way that uh, I can add something to them down the road, we'll see what happens. You know, this is a really interesting one, Steve, because we've seen some people move upstairs before we saw it happen with Bruce Arians in Tampa and you saw who take over somebody that is connected to BA in Todd Bowles somebody that he was stumping for to get that head coaching position now Pete Carroll says he's going to let general manager John Schneider make this decision he is not going to be involved in making this making this decision but what I'm I'm looking at is do you go or are you forced to look at somebody that maybe has a similar philosophy because Pete's still in the building. That looks at Dan Quinn, who's coached under him before. You have Dave Canales. We mentioned him at the top of the show. Yeah. We mentioned Tampa Bay just now, and he's going to be joining the show. And we should say, you want to hear about his offensive philosophy coming up in the show, but we did speak to him prior to the news with Pete Carroll, so we didn't get a right. chance to ask him about it. Or do you go completely to the other side, Steve, where you find a complete different philosophy that Pete Carroll has been preaching, the opposite of it in a sense. I want to see what kind of net they're putting out there in terms of their candidates. Dan Quinn looks like one that should definitely be at the top of the list. He's at the top of a lot of people's lists if they want to talk to him. But his ties to Seattle, that seems like one that we're all going to be looking at very quickly. Yeah, Everything you hear from from people is Dan Quinn, it's his job to lose. Now, they have to cast a wide net. Remember, every team has to adhere to the Rooney rule which says you must speak to two minority candidates from outside of your organization. So they're going to speak to a lot of people. But I think the two folks who are at the the top of the list right now are Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator who has strong ties to that building, and Dave Canales, who, again, we we continue to mention he was the OC there last year. He worked as the quarterback coach when Russell Wilson and Geno Smith were there, and he's been with Pete Carroll since Pete was at USC. And if Pete Carroll is in the building, whether it's mm-hmm. in an advisory role like we saw Bruce Arians do in Tampa Bay or in a more kind of czar role like we saw Tom Coughlin do after he left the Giants and oh, come yeah. back to the Jaguars, they're probably going to stay in line in, in that kind of Seattle-connected family. We That's also what I'm thinking. Other coaches like Gus Bradley, who's now the D.C. and Indy, those are people who are there. But, it's again, this is another team that's got to go get a quarterback. They've got to evolve that way, and they've got to fix some things on defense. So it's going to be very intriguing to see because I think both of these organizations, the Patriots as well, everything is pointing to them kind of staying within the family as well. And it's just intriguing to me 
how, you know, you want to break from the grandpa or the old dad from the family in both cases and then bring up Junior to inherit or to take over and run the business with the same touches but with his own style, JP. Yeah, that's the that's the fascinating part of this. And if you want to know more about the potential top guys in New England, Gerard Mayo and Mike Vrabel in the family, as Steve just said, listen to our last episode or watch our last episode on YouTube. Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston breaks it down brilliantly about how those guys are in the family, but they'd also do it entirely their own way and it would be different. The part that I want to break down, Steve, is they were just on the precipice of making the postseason in Seattle. If they would have made the postseason, I don't know if that would have changed their thinking I agree. in this I agree. process at all. So what's your thought real quick on is this just because it was time with Pete or in this hiring cycle, perhaps they have their eye on a candidate or two that are available now and that's why they wanted to make sure they pulled the trigger? I, great question, and I think it's a combination of both because we know Dan Quinn is, is arguably, yep. other than Ben Johnson, the hottest candidate. Other teams are coming after him. But this is one that I personally know he would love to be at. He loves that organization. So they might say this might be our chance to get him and to continue with that energy that Pete's built, but build up to the next level. Here's a real quick one, too. I want to go back to Bill Belichick. One of the teams we did not talk about with him is the L.A. Chargers. And wouldn't it be interesting, J.P., and I'm throwing this out there before we go to break, if he were to come to the Chargers and you have a division with Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, and either Antonio Pierce or Jim Harbaugh. Now that would be something spectacular. Not going to happen. That is a division. And the one name we haven't broken down a whole bunch is Mike Vrabel, Steve. He's one of the top candidates out there, not just in New England, in other places. Remember, he's one of the top coaches still in his 40s, though. Yep. Still a younger guy after parting ways with the Tennessee Titans. And speaking of younger guys, Debo Stanley still got a lot of juice left in those legs, Steve. And he gets a week to kind of rest them before the 49ers get into the playoff mix with the number one seed in the NFC. Debo Samuel joins the show next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's Eli Mitchell now in, but it's an end around to Debo Samuel coming right, turns the corner, and goes into the end zone. <laughs> Touchdown! <laughs> Francisco! Purdy looks left, now middle throws, caught. Broken tackle by Debo Samuel, runs for the first down, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! All right, JP, we are continuing this huge show today as we are joined by Debo Samuel, the wide receiver, Mr. Do Everything for the 49ers. Debo, what's up, man? How you doing, man? How you doing? Good. Hey, we're we are excited about this. Right. Look, we know you guys have have the buy this week, but you you you've been here before. All right. What about this team and the way you finish the season makes you feel that you are ready to make that special run this postseason? Man, I can write a book about this answer. But hey. uh, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, it's just the it's I'm just ready. the the men- the uh it's just the mentality of the team and how much love everybody have for each other and you know um a lot of people been here since i've been here and you know we always been at the end of the tunnel but not at the end of the tunnel if that makes sense for us you know um making it to the super bowl losing the super bowl and making it to the nfc championship and losing the nfc championship so i feel like there's a there's a bigger picture now and is there's a uh a different mentality for us you know um going into this playoffs and knowing what it takes to get there. And, you know, we got all the people that we need here and we get a lot of guys back. And I think, you know, um, here's a big opportunity for us to go and do it. Debo, we had Telenoa Hufunga on this show at the beginning of the season, and we were talking to him exactly what you were just kind of saying there. At the beginning of the year, you guys had a look 
that maybe nobody else in the NFL kind of had in the way you were beating teams. Then you had that three-game losing streak. You didn't play. Trent was out. And then the way you guys finished the season. It seems like you almost got that same look or feel that you guys had at the beginning of the year back at the end of the year. And I'm curious how much of that is what, when you're on the field and with when Trent's on the field, changes the way the vibe of everything really is. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it too much. I don't. I wouldn't say it changed too much of the vibe. I just feel like once you got everybody that's a part of the team and everybody together as one, I feel like your team is just overall better. I feel like if you're missing a guy here, you're missing a guy on defense or special teams, it's going to kind of look a little different, you know, but everything still go the same. But it is good to have all hands on deck at all times. And you see how good we is when we have everybody. Speaking of Trent Williams, okay, we know you and him come out with the box and you guys kind of lead things this way. But we know all the superstars you guys have on your team. We know Trent's considered one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant offensive tackle. But is there anything that's happened in a game or in a film session where you all sit there where you're like, Trent is like, like next level special, like next level good? <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, it's crazy because um, I go back to COVID year with this answer. Like um, we had to move out of uh, out of San Jose or whatever and move to Arizona. And I, me and Trent had an Airbnb down there at the time. And I was just, you know, um, just be chilling, walking around the house, playing the game or whatever. And I see Trent in there, like, watching film 24-7. So I, I came in there one day, and I'm just like, bro, let me just see what you're watching. You know what I'm saying? And he's literally watching himself. And the things that he do and how he attack people and know literally every move that a person is going to do is just crazy to me. And it just transfer over to the field. You can see the way, you know, he practiced on Thursdays, and it just carry over to the, to the game on Sunday. He's unique. Debo, you're unique as well. You told, I was listening to, you told our good friend Kay Adams that, that Kyle helped you out, get those couple rushing yards you needed in week 18 to become just the second player in NFL history to have 4,000 receiving yards, 1,000 rushing yards in your first five years. I know stats are one thing, championships are another, but your unique ability, how much do you kind of take pride in your ability to hurt defenses in a variety of ways? I take pride in still being able to play this game. I love to play for one. Um, but, I mean, it's just my mentality is, you no. Know, um, I'm a selfless player, and I'm going to do whatever it takes for this team to get where they want to be and whatever it, whatever it takes that Kyle asked me to do, whether it's, you know, go kick return or be a running back here and get get in a lineup right beside Trent and kind of pin the defense in. And it's just whatever it is. And it's just the mentality of this team. And it's not just me. It goes from, you know, Brock's the quarterback, so he's not doing no blocking. But it kind of go on down from <laughs> Christian McCaffrey to all the wide outs to the tight ends to the O-line. It's just like the way that we go out here and go about our business, like you can just tell it's just one big group that loves the game and play football. Brock, Brock's not doing any blocking, but he's, he's making it happen. <laughs> hey. Debo, when I look at this, you guys throw the ball less than any team in the NFL, yet you have four players, including yourself, with 60 or more catches. What, what is it that makes it work so efficiently? Like, when you do throw it, guys get their hands on the ball and make something happen. And I don't want to hear the stuff that it's just all dink and dunk passes because you guys do stretch the ball down the field as well. Oh, yeah, we chucking it down the field now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I – it's it's just, it's just crazy if you I didn't I didn't know that until you said it but I mean you just go down the line and like it's just crazy like we have I think we've built the culture well Kyle and John and Jed and the guys up top built the culture here of guys that you know that's really good with the ball in their hands and you know uh it's just amazing to have four guys on offense with a thousand plus scrimmage yards and it just shows you know the capability and like the sky's the limit for this team right now on offense. So we have some we have some breaking news. Um, we're recording this on a Wednesday, but Pete Carroll is out as the head coach in Seattle. I am not joking. This is a real. Um, I've just seen that right before I got on. Yeah, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Because that's some dude in his team that you competed against for for quite some time. Man, I tell you, since I've been in this league, that man has done an outstanding job over there in Seattle for sure. Um, everybody probably well, we'll probably remember him as the, the coach that you gum all the time. But overall, like man, the man done an outstanding job over there in Seattle since I've been in the league. And you know, um, we love to play him. And you know, um, I think he's a great coach. Don't know him too much because you know I'm not over there or whatnot. But you know, man, I think he's done a great job since he's been there. 
He has, he really has. He's he's. I hope I'm that youthful, Debo, when I'm Pete's age. I mean, the guy's still got the gloves on, catching passes pregame, running around the field. It, it's been a bro- joy to watch him coach in Seattle. What I have to ask you is this week, what 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 do you and, and teammates do with a bye? What 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 do you want to accomplish essentially with this week you have before you get back playing again? Uh, we don't consider this a bye week, man. This is a week of preparation without a game. And so, uh, like today, we was in as okay. a whole. You know, we we got a workout in, and tomorrow we got practice, and Friday we got practice. And um, yesterday we came in and watched the film from the Rams game. So we don't look at this as like too much of a bye week, but you know, it, it is a bye week because we've earned it. But at the end of the day, we're still preparing as a team, even though we don't know who we're preparing for. We just got to be ready for uh, for anything, and this is what we've been doing all week long. Well, Debo, I know all you guys are getting your bodies right too, awesome. and one of the things you're doing to help get your body right. Sure, Bundy, like the great supplemental drink that, that you're helping endorse. What can you tell us about Chira Bundy? Man, it's amazing with recovery and sleep. And, you know, one of the main things in, in this league as far as recovery is, you know, sleep. And that play a main role and a main part in the, the way you play and the way you prepare. Also, it's a great recovery drink whenever you, you know, it's good for the information and all those types of things. So that's just something I do week in and week out to make sure I'm on top of my game. All right, well, Debo, hey, we appreciate you. We know you guys are prepping to make this big run. We cannot wait to watch you play. Just thanks so much for taking some time for joining James and I here on the NFL Report. Thank you for having me, man. How phenomenal is that, Debo Samuel? But coming up, we got more on the NFL Report. One of the brightest young minds in the NFL is already getting head coaching interviews after just one year as an offensive coordinator. That's Bucks OC. Dave Canales joins the show next. You can't miss this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You're listening to the NFL Report podcast, but you can watch me, Steve Weich, and my co-host James Palmer on the NFL Report at 7.15 Eastern Time on Mondays and Thursdays on the NFL app and free streaming platforms on the NFL channel on Roku, Tubi, Peacock, Pluto TV, and other free streaming apps. To the left is Evans, dropping back to throw, maybe throws a far throw, top ball, Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay, fire the cannons, Bucks take a 9 to nothing lead. First down from the 22, Bayfield throws toward the end zone, caught ball, Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay, Evans has two today, Merry Christmas Michael. Welcome back to the NFL Report, Steve Weiss, James Palmer with you, and Steve, we are joined by the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dave Canales, who is in the postseason Dave, I have to start off with this. Thank you for joining us. I know you don't need any added energy. You already bring enough. But what's the juice like that we're preparing for postseason football right now? Oh, man, a lot of excitement around here. You know, fortunately, I come from a place um, who has seen the postseason quite a bit. Walk into another place, four straight seasons, going to the postseason, three three straight NFC South championships. So, uh, there's a buzz around the building. This feels very familiar to a lot of guys. Um, so for us, you know, it's just about having that one and no mentality. And and as you know, we've been playing playoff football for over a month now, uh, trying to keep mm-hmm. our postseason hopes alive. So, Dave, as you mentioned, you come from a place that would be Seattle for, for those who don't know. We spent a long time, but I, I want to take it to the Buccaneers because, you know, you're you're in a situation where – you know, you came in and you got this offense going and people didn't think it was going to be able to get rolling like this. You've got this run game going, but your quarterback, Baker Mayfield, he is the only other quarterback besides Tom Brady to throw for more than 4,000 yards, to have 25-plus touchdowns and fewer than 10 interceptions. What can you say about his resurgence and, honestly, his toughness? Because what he played through in Week 18, it was, it was amazing watching him grit through that game. I can't say enough about Baker, Um, just the opportunity, you know, to be able to work with the guy with so much experience, you know, thrown into the fire right away, first overall pick. Um, But for him to just continue to believe in himself, um, to believe in his teammates, 
uh, build relationships, grow with this offense as we're putting in a new system with new words um, for everybody involved. But to watch him really, you know, tough it out a bunch of games throughout the season and especially last week, you know, to be there for us. Um, to make critical plays um, when we needed him at the end of the game. Uh, I can't say enough about his uh, just mental toughness to overcome, you know, the challenges that he faced physically to be able to um, be available for us. Yeah, dealing with a rib injury, dealing with an ankle injury, and, and you described the way Baker's done it. But Dave, I'm curious how you've done it, because we look at the year prior to this and what you guys did in Seattle with Geno Smith, and then you look at Baker here, and, and these, let's just be honest, some people around the league say they, these are essentially cast-offs. What is the process that you see when you look at a quarterback you're going to be working with and you go about making sure you put them in a position to succeed? What's your process in that when you examine their game? Um, I think the biggest thing is even especially when you're introducing a new offense is, is that we do need a starting point and we do need a place to teach words, to teach route stems, depths, different things like that. But as we go, I think it's just really important. It was for Gino, you know, it was for Russ before that. And now with Baker is that we become the version of our offense that puts them in the most comfortable and confident place where they can play fast and decisive. Mm. And so we've become something um, that has a Baker Mayfield twist to it, you know, and I think that's the beauty of our system is that we have, an, yeah. we have enough concept, you know, over the years to kind of evolve into who our people are. You know, it's the me to you factor. It's learning how to throw to Mike, learning how to throw to Chris Godwin, Kate Otten. How do we use Rashad White out of the backfield? You know, and a bunch of other guys that I hate that I'm not mentioning. But um, I think it's being able to just kind of swallow your pride and say, hey, I'm not going to live and die on this concept. What is he throwing? And you can always tell by that confidence on that back foot. When it goes into the ground firmly and the ball comes out and he rips it, you know he loves the play. How can we build this play a few more ways for him to be able to execute it? Well, I love hearing that because, I mean, some of the technicalities right. and even some of the small nuances, do you say this This is what's going to work? And, and, you know, with that point, you mentioned Rashad White, the running game. This is something that has been a struggle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the past two seasons, and now you have established the run game that sets up that run action that really opens up your offense. What about the way you've got this offensive line playing? And again, establishing someone like Rashad White to operate that functionality of the offense that you were just talking about. This is where I get to really pump my staff, um, Harold Goodwin. So everybody knows him as Goody yeah. and Joe Gilbert. He's great. Nobody had, a, nobody had a bigger impact on this season than those two guys. You take Tristan Wirfs, put him on another side. You take Luke Gottecki and you move him from guard to tackle. Um, you introduce Cody Mock, a rookie to the mix. Robert Hainsey starts his full season. You know, we started out with Filer at the left guard. Stinney comes in after that, Aaron Stinney. Um, and those guys just being able to really work with them, improve their technique, get them confident in their ability, passing off uh, stunts in the pass protection, comboing in the run game, and then really becoming a run game that suits us, that suits our body types, our abilities, not worrying about what we can't do, but let's focus on what we can do. You know, what does Rashad run so well, you know, and um, and that was like a full season effort. You know, we really saw it in the second half of the season. You know, we saw our, our rush per game average go up 20 yards, you know, and in that stretch, you know, we had a bunch of victories. We took some knees and we just battled, man. And we, we knew that we were going to have to run the ball, giving the guys confidence, putting them in formations where we could be aggressive and play fast. And so I really got to give a lot of love. Um, and I got to talk about John Van Dam, our tight ends coach as well, because those guys are such versatile tight ends to be able to allow us to do a lot of the stuff that we did. And Dave, that offensive line does a brilliant job. You're describing it in the run game, but obviously everybody loves to throw the football, right? Let's have a little fun with it. And Mike Evans, everybody knows the name. I still don't think he gets enough credit for what right? he does for your offense and offenses he's been in prior. I'm just curious from a play caller and play designer standpoint, when you have that mm. skill set on the outside that Mike has, what does that do for you? What advantage does that give you as a play caller? Yeah, it, it gives you a starting point. And I think that, you know, what whatever sport it is, whatever, you know, position it is, there's something that you got to have a starting point, a focal point of your offense that kind of allows you to try to anticipate what defenses are going to do. You know, whether it's this amazingly powerful mm -hmm. run game as a starting point, here come the hard actions. It's Mike Evans, and you know they're going to try to put one or two, sometimes three players to his side. How can we take advantage 
of the rest of the field, you know? And um, of course the greatest challenge for us is like, but we still got to find a way to get him involved while they're doing this, while they're, while they're making yeah. efforts to way, how can we make the rest of it come to life? The screen game, the run game, the passes to the other side, putting him in different spots in formation. But um, for me, you know, it, it allows me to kind of set my mind on, here's a starting point. Now can we build from here? Dave, you know, the thing you're, you were talking about, you've done with this That's offense and the, and the way so many guys have developed, but it's also happened when you were in Seattle with Russell Wilson, with Geno Smith. And as a result, you, you've been requested to be, you know, a head coaching candidate. I mean, your name is out there. Um, how are you approaching that part of it, knowing that you've done some good things and people are recognizing it just where you might be the next guy who gets a head coaching job? I mean, it's surreal for me. Um, and, you know, the first thing I think about is just a lot of the guys that contributed to this, you know, and the, the rest of the staff members in Seattle that were a part of just kind of developing a system over the years and evolving with the different players that come in and come out, you know, get here to Tampa and just, you know, like really trusting our staff to take their rooms, to teach the mentality, to be positive, to be about development you know, and, and really searching to push our guys. And so I think about all my guys and it just like overwhelms me with gratitude. I'm so appreciative that, you know, I get to have these opportunities come and, and this recognition, but, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Brad Itzik, you know, the great job he did with third down and Thad Lewis with the red zone. I talked about Goody and Joe, but Skip Pete in the running back room, teaching them what we're looking for. You know, John Van Dam has done a great job with our first and second down run to pass marriage. Um, all the guys, all up and down our staff, you know, every every person on our staff has a role that I'm counting on them to bring to every week so that we have this versatile attack where it's not all just coming from me alone. Um, so I couldn't have done it without those guys. And of course, great players, you know, and Baker coming in and um, playing fantastically and, and really being a threat on third downs, the finish, the mentality, and above all, just the guys really loving to come to work and coach together and practice together. Um, it's been really special, and I'm, I'm excited to finish this season the right way. And as the things come and those opportunities come, um, I got an idea about how I want to go about that, too. All right. Dave, I don't know if this modesty is going to work in a head yeah. coaching position. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, you're just putting the, the, just the love to staff. everybody else but yourself. So, <laughs> the, the staff, the players, everybody. It's nothing about you, but you're, you're, you're a brilliant offensive mind, and, and you're one of the few Latino coordinators in the NFL. I'm curious what that means to you and, and your success with the spotlight we're talking about getting shined on you, how that could possibly or potentially open up the doors for others after you. Right. Yeah. For me, it's about belief and opportunity. And, um, and obviously I've, I've, uh, I was with coach Carol for 14 years, um, started off coaching in, in Carson, California in LA um, where my brothers and I are from, but, so I take a lot of pride in it. Um, you know, there's a whole other story about, you know, my grandpa, and, you know, the fight and struggle that my grandparents had, you know, my dad being first generation, just going to college and all that, but just the belief to dream big, mm -hmm. to go aspirations, the work ethic that comes along with it, which is a, a really prideful thing for me being a Mexican American is just to be able to take every job that you have, whether big or small and to attack it with pride um, and have a sense of purpose and identity in it. So it means a lot. Um, and hopefully it encourages somebody out there to just like, hey, man, this is sky's the limit. We live in a great country. Uh, football is one of the greatest sports products that there is, you know, in terms of, you know, viewership and opportunities. Um, but just to believe, you know, believe and continue to show up and, and do whatever's asked um, and being willing to do that. Dave. Fantastic. I, I love I love hearing that. I love what you've done. I love what you represent. Best of luck to you this weekend or Monday night, I should say. And best of luck moving forward. And thank you so much for joining James and I on the NFL Report. Appreciate you guys. Go Bucks. Dave Canales taking the page out of his former quarterback, Russell Wilson, with that Go Bucks. But coming up next, one of the greatest slot receivers ever, Bills Hall of Famer Andre Reid. He's going to join us to talk about his current Bills team and the Hall of Fame finalist and the wide receiver logjam. That's that next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back to the NFL Report. And James, I can't wait for this. It's one of my favorite people in the NFL, would you want to, whatever you want to call it. Andre Reid, the Pro Football Hall of Famer from the Buffalo Bills. Andre, thanks for joining us here at the NFL Report. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me, Steve. You know, like I said, man, anytime you call, if I'm available, I'm going to be there. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we appreciate Love you it. making yourself available, Andre. You know you have a full schedule. But before we get going, we're going to hit on a lot of different things. we got to talk about your Buffalo Bills, right? This is a dangerous football team that really showed unbelievable mental toughness last week to win the AFC East. Dre, they, yeah. were, six, they were six and six. They were talking about firing Sean McDermott, right? Well, yeah. the people on the outside were. And now yeah. they go on this run. What do you see with this team that makes them seem so dangerous going into the playoffs? We could spend – an hour on what this team has done the past five weeks. I mean, left for dead at six and six after 12 weeks. Basically, they had to win out to a certain point and get some help. And you and you hit the nail on the head. Sean McDermott and that coaching staff and that organization has really uh, done a great job with those guys of having them believe that it's all in your hands. If you just go out and win, uh, regardless of what happens, you can't say that you guys didn't go out there and and kind of lay an egg. Um, and they have uh, they have responded. You know, going to Kansas City, that was a tough game. The only two games in that five-game streak that I was worried about was the L.A. Chargers and yeah. uh, the Patriots, um, two teams that could spoil your, 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 uh, your run to get to the playoffs. And they squeaked by there. It wins a win, especially at this time of year. Um, they played Kansas City straight up. Um, they made some plays at the end to win that game. Uh, Miami last week was another another one. You just never knew uh, what was going to happen. They they played uh, they played excellent there down the stretch. Got an interception, Taylor wrapped at the end to, to seal that. And then uh, the Cowboys. You know the Cowboys were one of the hottest teams coming into Buffalo. I was actually at that game. Um, anything could have happened there, even though they were home. They beat the they beat the Cowboys pretty good. Yep. Uh, so I think they believe that, and now they take on a Pittsburgh Steeler team that's that believes they can win, obviously. But coming into Orchard Park, they don't want to repeat of what happened last year. You guys remember the Cincinnati Bengals yep. came in there last year, and and it seemed like mm -hmm. the Bills didn't even show up. And everybody can talk about, well, you know, the DeMar Hamlin thing, uh, the weather, all that kind of stuff could have been a factor, but they still had to show up, and they didn't show up. And I don't see that happening coming up Sunday against the Steelers at home. They're not going to have a repeat of that. And they're just a team that's very dangerous. You guys said that earlier. They're a dangerous football team right now. And they did it. They're doing this. We're not a lot of their starters. You know, Trey White goes out early in the mm -hmm. season. Matt Milano goes out, kind of like the, the quarterback of the defense. The two corners that played, that, that played well these last five, six games. Matter of fact, all year, Benford and Dane Jackson. Taylor Rapp coming in, like I said before, making that interception in Miami this past weekend to seal that deal. So everybody has stepped up to the plate and everybody's contributing. That's why they're in the position they are today. And probably the biggest thing that they've done this year, more than any year in the past five years, six years, is they've let James cook. How about that? There you go. That's right. <laughs> let James, let James cook. cook. Let James cook. Oh, I, I, Andre, I was, I, I was with this team a couple of times right when they made that change early on at offensive coordinator, and Joe Brady takes over. I did that game in Philadelphia where they came up short, but there was no denying that Josh Allen was the best player on the field in that game. Yeah. I did the game in Kansas City where they ended up starting to turn this whole thing kind of around. And, and I look at what Joe's doing with Josh and getting him in a rhythm, getting him comfortable um, is the biggest part of seeing a lot of the success he's having. But obviously the turnovers still kind of happen as well. But the yeah, magical yeah. plays, 
Do they outweigh a couple of the mistakes that can happen here or there? What? How do you sum him up as a player? Because the brilliance is so off the charts at times. Do you just say, Josh we is, know maybe a misstep yeah. here or there will happen? I I just hope now that they're, you know, in the playoffs and, and this game is really important um, at home. You just got to let Josh, I mean, people got to realize Josh has to be Josh. He's one of the top five quarterbacks yeah. in the league. When he's at his best, he is the best quarterback in the league to me. Um, that's what I did because I played there. I just think he has all the intangibles um, that you want in a quarterback, leadership and um, arm strength. And the guy can run. He can run people over. He can do everything that some of the quarterbacks can't do in this league. But he's going to make those mistakes. It's how you come back from, from him. And Josh has done that. And that team believes in him. I mean, you can see Stephon Diggs in his face. Everybody's in his face about things. And every time something like this happens, when he throws a pick that shouldn't be, uh, you know, he shouldn't have threw it, they pan on him. And you can see not only the frustration in him, but all the other players coming up to him and say, hey, man, you're our guy. We, we, we believe in you. And that's really what Josh is about. And Joe Brady, like you said, he's done a fabulous job with him of letting him be Josh Allen. Just be Josh Allen. Make the runs. Mm -hmm. If you don't see anything, run. Run, 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 run. Hey, Andre, you know, let, let, let's change love gears it. a little bit because, you know, we, we love talking about on, on this show slot slot defensive backs and slot receivers. And you're one of the greatest slot yes, receivers. One of the greatest slot receivers ever. That's why you're forever enshrined in Canton. But it's funny, and you know this, when you played, the value on slot receivers isn't what it is today. How has that yeah. position evolved, and, and why do you think it is such an important part of the game now? Well, I think when I played, you know, during, during the time I played, it was the, the no huddle. And if you looked at Houston, the Houston Oilers, the old school Houston Oilers, they had a way of spreading people out with all their receivers, with Jeffries and, and Ernest Givens and Drew Hill and all those guys. I think right now the game, they spread people out, but they bring that, they bring that James Cook kind of guy in that can catch out of the backfield, um, catch a ball out of the backfield. Um, and they bring the receivers in too. So they want to spread people out and try to get confusion like we did back in the day. Um, I think the slot receiver is still a very important integral part of an, of an offensive game plan because that guy is going to be the guy a lot of times that either he's going to get doubled or he's not going to get doubled. He's going to be one-on-one, -on -one and the middle of the field is really important. A lot of times the middle of the field is left wide open, and you got to have that slot guy in there that can beat two guys. Yeah. You got to beat the guy on you, and you got to be able to beat that deep safety wherever he is. So I don't think it has diminished at all. Um, they really rely on that slot guy like a Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen had 108 catches this year because they relied on him. They knew that he can make those plays in that slot. Um, and, you know, a lot of these guys uh, can do that. I got to ask you really quick, and we're going to make time for the Hall of Fame receivers that you want to talk about, but very quickly. <laughs> Debo Samuel's on this show, Andre. He plays out of the yeah. slot. What's your thought on Debo's game real quick? Debo's Debo. He's like, he's like the movie Friday, Debo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've talked, I, I had a chance to really talk to him a couple years, I think last year, two years ago at the Super Bowl. And actually, we were doing a hang, and um, they had just played the Cowboys the week before, and Tr Trayvon Diggs was sitting with us. And to hear those two go at it, uh, it was pretty pretty entertaining, but you know, obviously Debo is is not only a tough guy to cover, but he creates a lot of mismatches. Um, you never see a linebacker on him, and every time he catches the ball, he's he can run you over. Um, you know, he's one of a kind. So mm -hmm. um, he's yeah, Debo's Debo. Bottom line, love, love that respect from one of the greatest <laughs> yak receivers to ever do it. And you talking about probably the best yak receiver in the game today. L lastly, Andre. And you know this, man. You had to wait a long time to get into the hall because of the wide receiver log jam. Well, here we are again yeah. of the 15 finalists left. Yep. Reggie Wayne, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson. Another log jam of wide receivers. Um, do you think any of them, if maybe not multiple of them, get in? Or as we've seen before, they tend to cancel each other out when these voters select because there's so many of them. Yeah, and I've I've talked to all three of them the past five, six, seven years. Um, and it's not like they look at me and say, hey, what's going on? 
I mean, back in the day, you guys know it was me, Chris, and Tim Brown. Yep. And years later, it's the same mm -hmm. thing with Andre Johnson, um, Reggie Tory. Wayne, and Tori. And I hope this year is the year they kind of, not kind of, I hope this year is the year the voters get it right and put one or two of those guys in. Two of those guys would be awesome. Um, whether that happens or not, it's never happened, I don't think, but I think it's time that that happens. Um, these guys all are deserving. Um, their, their numbers are all up there. Their impact in the game um, is, is tremendous. They all deserve it. Um, and I just hope one of the, this year that one of those guys or two of those guys get in. Matter of fact, put all three of them in. Do that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Do that. Well, Put all three in. I don't want to say any. I don't want to say Andre anything pushes anybody over the edge. But two of the three have been on the show recently with Steve and I yeah. and Andre Johnson and Tory Holt and Reggie Wade's a good buddy of ours. Steve, we got to get him on the show. I think the NFL Love report kind of pushes everybody into the hall. <laughs> Andre, on, thank man. you so it's much eight. for joining us. Enjoy the postseason as long as it goes in yeah. Buffalo. There. Yes, I, I definitely will. And I got people coming at me left and right. You coming up to the game? You coming up to the game? As soon as I look at that weather report, I go, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> Southern California sounds real nice. Yeah, right it's a pretty now, sunny room you're in there. That's right. Hey, yeah, I did appreciate they, they, here's, here's what I'm hoping, guys, before we leave. I'm hoping they win and beat Pittsburgh, and then Kansas City wins, and we got Kansas City and Buffalo. I definitely will go with that. Okay, here we here we go. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Hey, Andre, it's always great, my there. man. We'll see you in a little bit, bro. Awesome. Nice, nice talking to you guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Let's talk the super wild card weekend. And it starts on Saturday. And you know playing Saturday, Steve? The defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody's talking about why they can't return to the Super Bowl. We're going to tell you why they can next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's James Palmer, and you're listening to the NFL Report podcast along with myself and Steve Weish. But remember, if you want to see our beautiful faces, this is a show at 7.15 Monday and Thursday. That's 7.15 p.m. Eastern, and we are on the NFL app, as well as fast streaming platforms. That's Tubi, that's Roku, that's Pluto, that's Peacock, all of those platforms, as well as the NFL.com slash NFL channel. Find us all of those spots. We're back at the NFL Report, JP. It's the last block where we're going to talk the Super Wild Card Weekend. As you see, things kick off with the Browns and Texans Saturday. The Dolphins achieve Saturday night. That is the Peacock exclusive. Then Steelers at Bills Sunday morning. Get us going. Hey, Packers, we're up, Peacock. Cowboys, Rams, and Lions. The Eagles and Buccaneers Monday night. That wraps up Wild Card Weekend. Then we move on to the divisional round where I see our guy Debo Samuel. But let's look at that Peacock exclusive game. Miami at Kansas City. You're going to be there. I hope you got your thermals and all your nuclear parka and all oh, of that. Oh, I got them. But, JP, we've, we've all, across this media landscape, talked about for weeks what the flaws are for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, let's talk about maybe how and why they can run it back. There are some elements there as to why they can get back to the Super Bowl, James. Oh, there are. It's one of the best defenses in the postseason. This is an offensive mind in Andy Reid that is unmatched, really, you would say, in the postseason right now. And you have the base of the NFL and the best player in football in Patrick Mahomes. It hasn't been great on that side of the ball, Steve. But what I want to see, and maybe we will, because this is what Patrick Mahomes was talking about this week. You're not going to win 14 games every season, which is what he's used to. This year, he has not. He said, how do you find a different way once you're in to go through the process and still find ways to win games. Is this when he channels his inner Tom Brady? Every season for Brady, the two years that they won the Super Bowl, Steve, were not perfect. But when they got to the postseason, he found a way 
to win football games. And this is something that Patrick Mahomes has been keeping his eye on forever. He's always asked Brady questions for advice. He's always been studying Brady. He wanted Blaine Gabbard to come in as his backup this year because of his time with Tom Brady. So I'm fascinated to see what Patrick Mahomes does to win games in a different fashion this postseason than what they've done in years past because let's just face the facts, the team is different than it's been in years past. And how do they adapt? I think they have the ability to do it. We'll see if it's possible. I, I love that, James, because we haven't talked about that enough. You know, in the past years, because they were just no. automatic. You know, they were the team that could flip the switch on, but they didn't need to because they usually were rolling into the playoffs. Remember, this is the first time where they could possibly go on the road if they win this, this Saturday night against the Miami Dolphins. And Patrick Mahomes, and, and I love you, you did the comp to Tom Brady, because think about how many times they got it going. Okay, we got back in practice this week. Mm -hmm. It is a new season. You know, Isaiah Pacheco, we may get some wide receivers back. Nicole Hardman, maybe he's up to speed. The offensive line, we got time to get into a groove. And Travis Kelsey, remember, he sat out week 18. Maybe he's feeling he needed it. better and get things going because he just hasn't looked like the same player. But you mentioned that defense, and that's going to be huge against the Miami Dolphins. Legereus Sneed, we've been bigging him up all season. He's going to have Tyreek Hill an awful lot. It's going to be an opportunity to try to slow him down just a little bit. And if they get past this game, James, this is a team that might want to play. I, I, think, I think this is the real test yeah. for them because once they get by this, this might show everybody else that this could be the dangerous team. Real quick, what's a, what's a sleeper game or sleeper scenario for you? Wild card weekend. Could it be Philadelphia where quarterback Jalen Hurts has not even thrown the ball as of Thursday because of a finger injury? Yeah, that's massive. I covered that game with Jacksonville. It was essentially a postseason game for them trying to get in against the Tennessee Titans. And whew, there was some things that Trevor Lawrence hadn't thrown a ball for two weeks that you saw affecting that offense. Now, this is a week. This is a finger. But it's, it's just something we're going to have to keep an eye on. And I'm also looking at that top game right there. What if C.J. Stroud comes out and balls against that dominant defense? Oh, boy. Maybe the best defense in the postseason the Cleveland Browns have. That would just be an unbelievable showcase down there at NRG Stadium, Steve. I want to pick up where our guy Andre Reid was, was talking about, you know, the Buffalo Bills and Pittsburgh Steelers and some of the things that come with Josh oh, Allen, yeah. some of the giveaways. Look, during this five-game win streak that they've had, James, four of those games have been one-possession games, and they have turned the ball over eight times. The Steelers yeah. are not a team that you want to turn the ball over against at this time of year because they're hitting two or three explosive plays a game. That's where Mason Rudolph can do it. JP, why don't you tell the folks where to find us every week? Oh, find us every week, Mondays, Thursdays. Look at these two sharp-dressed men right here, 715 Eastern. You can find us on Peacock, Steve, Pluto, Tubi, any of your fast streaming services. We're also, it's replayed on the NFL's YouTube channel every time, also a podcast. We're everywhere, Steve. Catch us however you would like. Next week, we had great guests today. We're going to have great guests heading into the divisional round. There's a little tease for you, Steve. Enjoy the weekend. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.